Start in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel, we hear about a father who has a son who's an epileptic and his son needs help. And so the father goes to the disciples and the disciples can't heal him. And so he finally goes to Jesus and Jesus is like, oh, if only you had faith the size of a mustard seed. You can do all things. The father is a good parent. And like all good parents, your mission is to bring your children to Jesus and see how the father is suffering when he sees his child suffer. All parents can say that they would rather suffer than see their child suffer. Today, I want to talk about a big issue in our community, and it is hitting our youth more than ever, and it's the issue of gambling. I talk about gambling every football season. How about those Lions, right? Wow, they're playing good, right? But I talk about gambling every football season because in the summer, it seems like it slows down, and then bam, football comes up. Fantasy football, suicide leagues, all of these things. A lot of people in our community have a problem. They have gambling problems. And it doesn't just affect them who gamble, but it affects the whole family. Gambling is becoming a part of the lifestyle. You can't watch a football game without knowing the spread or knowing the over-under or having a prop bet. You can't go anywhere anymore without seeing a billboard about either marijuana or gambling. I want you to look at the billboards. There's only two businesses that are cash flush, that can spend so much, and that want to train our minds to be constantly thinking about marijuana and gambling. Gambling has an addictive nature, and if it is done as a young kid, and our children are gambling, 13, 14, 15 years old, Today, it's so easy to gamble. It's on your phone, and it's legal in every single state. I'm sorry, but after this homily, your phones are listening to me right now, and you're going to be getting gambling ads because I'm talking about it. So I apologize. Our brains are constantly thinking gambling, and so we need to be aware. I'm going to go through first the brain effects of gambling, like what actually happens in the brain and the addictive nature. The second thing is I'm going to talk to those who are struggling with gambling, and I, my job, I, I really, really love you. I'm not shaming anybody, and I pray that it's not in a shameful way. We're going to talk about those who struggle with gambling, and then how can we get out of it. The first is the brain effects. When you gamble, your brain releases dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter, a feel-good neurotransmitter that it, it just kind of, it's like a rush that makes you feel excited. And we all live off of dopamine. It's a feel-good. Gambling stimulates a thrill 10 times more than the normal activity. Like if you go work out at the gym, your brain releases dopamine and you feel better. It's a, it's a nice feel-good transmitter. But when you gamble, 10 times more dopamine hits your brain and it starts to formulate your brain into creating a habit and an addiction. A big point is you'd expect to only feel excited when you win. You gamble, you win, I won, yay! Like the slot lottery machine and it, they win and it's like, oh, everyone's excited. But the same, nearly the same amount of dopamine hits your brain not just when you win, but also when you lose. 
So the rush of gambling for those who struggle with a gambling addiction, that rush happens for you, for the winners and those who lose. And over time, you begin to develop a gambling tolerance where this much, this amount of gambling is no longer enough. I, I need more and I have to go higher because I need the rush. The addictive nature is not just in the activity, but it's in how it makes you feel. And so gambling has an addictive quality that affects our brains. The second thing I want to talk about is to you that struggle with gambling. It's not my goal to shame you. It's my goal to invite you into the light of God's love. And when you gamble, when you lose, how do you feel? Let's say you lost so much money. How do you feel? I would argue you feel ashamed. You're mad at yourself. A gambler never brags about his win, his losses. You're never going to hear a gambler say, I lost $10,000, I'm so happy. He's only going to brag when he wins. And so when you lose, which is a reality, because Vegas always wins, sahlola, you never turn out a winner when you gamble. My dad, he'll go to the casino. I say, Dad, how'd you do? He goes, I won. I go, how? How much did you win? He goes, I won because I didn't play. Let's say you lost a lot of money and your family, who loves you so dearly, they start to wonder, he's working so, he or she, it's not just a guy problem, they're working so hard, where's their money? So you're embarrassed. And so what do you do? You bet more to, to try to get your money back. Or you get into businesses that compromise your values because you need the money. Or you steal from your family because I need money. I've got to feed the addiction. And what's the result of everything? You live a secret lifestyle. I want you to recognize that everything shameful in our lives leads to isolation. When we, ex when we are ashamed of ourselves, we don't want to see anybody. Do not, we hide from reality. And we can't, we can't even look at ourselves in the mirror and say, because we're so ashamed of our actions and we feel stuck. I didn't know if I was going to share this testimony, but why not? When I was 14 years old, look, I love football and people knew that I knew a lot about college football and they would, 14 years old, freshman in high school, they would say, hey, you know, what should I play? And back then it wasn't on your phones, it's through a bookie. What should I do? And so I was helping guys gamble. But eventually I started to gamble. And I said, let me do it. Why not? I won here and there, this and that. One time I lost though. And I lost and I didn't have the money. What do you do there? 14 years old. Went into my dad's room. Sorry, dad. Went into his room, took $300 out of his pocket, had to pay the guy. I said to myself from that moment on, shame on me. I never told my dad. I still don't even think he knows. Not, not going to lie. I said, shame on me. I'm never doing this again. The third thing I want to talk about is 
It's how to get out of it. There's a 12-step program for Alcoholics Anonymous, for Sexaholics Anonymous, and for Gamblers Anonymous. It's a 12-step program. I'm gonna read to us the first step. We admitted we were powerless over gambling, that our lives had become unmanageable. If you never admit your problem and your powerlessness, you might try harder, but only on your own strength. In, in, in humility, you have to say, I have a problem. I can't help myself. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. The second step of the 12-step program is we, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to normal way of thinking and living. We came to believe that a power outside of myself, I can't do this on my own, but there is a power that can help me. The 12-step program was, actually has a strong religious dynamic to it. And so for those who are struggling with gambling, step one, admit you have a problem. Step two, I preach to you the belief, the hope that there is, there is a power that can help you. His name is Jesus. Step three, oh, let's declare this with me. Philippians 4.13, say this with me. I can do all things who Christ, who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if you repeat that, that's step two. Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of this power. Step three is surrender. I now make a decision. I have a gambling problem, but there is a man, his name is Jesus, and he is God and he can help me. Step three, Jesus, I surrender to your will. I surrender my will to your will, not my will. Your will be done. If I have a choice to gamble, that's my will. No more! I surrender. For those who have a gambling problem, for those who have any addiction, first three steps. I can't do this. God can do it. I surrender. Amen? What does surrender look like from a practical standpoint? If you have a gambling problem, you have to realize you cannot trust yourself with money. So what do you do? You have money. Give it to someone. Give it to your spouse. Give it to your sibling. Hey, this money, I don't trust myself anymore. Take it, hold it. If I ever need it, I'll ask. I cannot trust myself with it. Number two. Delete the apps that cause you to gamble. Right after this, delete, delete FanDuel. Delete all the apps. Okay, step three, how about this? Let's say you have a gambling problem. You don't want to admit it yet, but I pray you do one day. Don't even bet $5. Oh, just $5, no big deal. What you're doing is you're allowing the dopamine to rush to your brain. And it, and it continues the cycle, the addictive cycle. You have to tell yourself, no more, not even a little. Start saying no so that you can live in freedom. Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. 
Gambling addiction is a mountain, but all you need is a little bit of faith. I want to end with three things. Today is a beautiful day. It's the feast day of St. Therese of the Little Flower, October 1st, and we love St. Therese. Maybe you got a flower from her, and she's amazing. She has what's called the little way, the little way. And she says, my little way is the way of spiritual childhood, the way of trust and absolute self-surrender. She simply trusts in Jesus. So I encourage you, trust in Jesus. October 1st, the month of October is also the month of the Holy Rosary. And so I want to encourage all of us this month, pray the rosary every day. Maybe you pray a decade a day if you haven't ever prayed the rosary. Pray the rosary entrusting yourself to Jesus through Mary. And last, if we've fallen into gambling and we're living in shame, listen to what St. Paul says in, in his reading, in, what, in his letter. Just one thing, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. I continue my pursuit toward the goal, the prize of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. If you're living in shame, it's the past. It's over. Let it go. Move forward. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus.